1: is the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Goodison Park. Hello everybody and welcome back to the Royal Blue Podcast in association with Sport Pacer. I'm Phil Kirkbride and today joined by a front two of Adam Jones and Sam Carroll, although I'm not sure how much use they would be in front of goal in all honesty. Uh, Welcome chaps, we are talking transfers, it's deadline day week, uh, just over three full days until the cut-off point. Um, and we'll be discussing where Everton are at, uh, what business they may or may not do. And uh, we'll get the lads' thoughts on the whole madness of deadline day itself. Um, Adam, just start with you, mate. Um, what are your expectations then for the next three and a bit days? Well, I think centre-back has to
2: be the first and foremost absolute expectation. I think Marco Silva said to you, of course, over the weekend that he expects that to be the case as well. And I think a centre-mid should should be... Everton's expectation as well, really. I think pre-season has shown that we're struggling, especially in that number six role. I think we're struggling to find somebody who really fits into Marco Silva's style in that sense. So I'm thinking maybe one or two, well, hopefully 2 signings before the deadline comes in. But, you know, you know, especially on deadline day, you never know what what might pop up. So, yeah, I think expectation should be probably two.
1: Sam, what are your realistic expectations? Everton have signed two plays so far. There's just over three days left. What do you think is realistic?
0: Well, obviously after we uh, we completed the sign of Jow virginia we eased our goalkeeping, our goalkeeping trouble. <laughs> sorry, three signings, <laughs> three signings, sorry. Yeah, yeah. With, with Virginia. Uh, so as Adam said, I think it's quite clear where it needs strength, and I think the only concern is that I think you could probably make the argument that if there was more time left in the window, if the window ran to August 31st, as it as it usually has done, you'd probably look for, for a striker as well. Uh, but it's quite concerning, really, isn't it? I think, as you said, there's three and a bit days... Left in the transfer window, and you you need a whole spine of a team because if we do sign a central midfielder and we do sign a centre back, I don't expect these players to be sitting on the bench. I expect them to be good enough to start and to add something. Because you know you you obviously both at the Valencia game, and I think it was clear to see that what we c- concurrently offer in central defence and central midfield it, it isn't good enough. And and you know if, if we're looking to build, obviously as we were talking through the day, Phil, you know we did finish eighth last season. We didn't finish fifteenth, sixteenth. We finished eighth. But the football we played and some of the performances on offer wasn't good, wasn't good enough for Everton. And as Adam said, good enough for, for the motto. So, if we do bring two players in, I expect them to be to be good enough to to start and and really be able to kick us on early in the season.
1: I do, we're no strangers to late business at this football club, and, and that's not necessarily a, a criticism. That's just something that the way the land lies. Often in these in the summer, especially we do business late. Are you but are you sensing that? people are concerned this season or, or, do you, or do you sense that supporters are used to it and, 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 and perhaps uh, conditioned to seeing sort of a mad dash to the line? Um, I,
2: th- I think there's probably a fair bit of concern from what I'm seeing like especially around social media I think you can understand it a lot of, I mean obviously last summer it was very different the way Everton went about their business. A lot, The ma- vast majority was get players in early, probably pay over the odds to get these ta- kind of players in early. And I think only one of them really paid off. And we struggled with the uh, Gylfi Sigurdsson saga for a bit last summer as well. And that left us no time to really get in a replacement for Romelu Lukaku. So I think there's just a bit of a concern now that there's, there are obvious places that Everton do still need to strengthen. And we've known this since... Silver and Brands came in. That we needed. I think, left back and centre back were probably our two priorities coming into this window. And we've still got to fill one of those positions. It's not as if Everton aren't trying. They've hmm. identified a number of targets in this area, but not getting them over the line. It, do, it does just have that little bit of concern with fans because you know you'd like to you'd like to see them getting in early, get, getting to know the rest of their teammates, bedding into Marco Silver's system. To be honest, you'd like to see him play a bit of pre-season football as well. So yeah, I can I can understand a little bit of concern in that kind of sense, but I don't know. I, I'd, I'd still think the main point for me is that I'd like to trust Silver and Brands. Mm. You know, they've had these targets in place for some time now. It's just about getting these deals over the line. So there's
1: still three and a half days to do it. Let's let's hope they can get it done. So I think we were maybe most of us anyway anyway were prepared that it would be difficult this summer because of the World Cup. Obviously, Marcel and Marco came in late and starting from from nothing, if you like. Did you also sense that maybe some of the, some of the selling clubs are perhaps trying to use the fact that the English window shuts early as a, a bargaining tool, if you like, to maybe drive up the prices and and, and, and almost rush English clubs, and maybe Everton will be a victim of that into paying over the odds for players.
0: Yeah, I think that's that's probably the case, isn't it? And kind of to to merge it with what you've just speaking speaking to us about. I think the only problem is, you know. As uh, as you've written in the last couple of days, I don't think Marcel Brands or Marco Silva are the kind of people who, who are going to get uh, swindled into paying more than you know they should have. Maybe as we did last summer. You know, it looks like they they have a price in mind for someone like Yeni Mina, and they're not willing to to budge on that. But then the problem is as well is that as history showed last season by failing to replace Lukaku, you know the Premier League is unforgiving if you've got deficiencies in your squad. It shows, you know, last season Everton not having uh, a proper 15-goal a season target man type striker really affected us for for large part of the campaign. I think it was only around the time when Tosin kind of got going that you maybe could see, you know, a little difference as, as good as Dominic Calvert-Lewin done. So I think it might be the case that As much as as fans, you don't want to see it that you know we might have to pay a couple of million more for for someone because you. I I, I don't think many people would be confident going into the season with what we've currently got.
1: I suppose to you about your expectations and you obviously said a centre-half and I think you said centre-mid, didn't Mm. you? Playing devil's advocate here and for anybody listening I'm not saying this is going to be the case but say we only got in a centre-half say that was you you know let's be realistic there's not much time left say that was the Mm. only thing that we managed to do between now and Thursday at five o'clock how would you feel about the squad if that was the situation?
2: Um
1: I'd be a little bit disappointed, but at the same
2: time, like I said previously, I think coming into this window, our two priorities were probably left back and centre back. And, you know, if we were to get in a centre back before the deadline, I'd say that was two of them boxed off. And, you know, I think we're forgetting that a lot of our work this summer also has been trying to get players out the door as well, Mm. which it's been really nice to see some solid movement on that over the last couple of weeks, you know, with... Williams going out on loan, Morales going out on loan. You know, just getting these deadwood players just off off the books and away from the club. I think we we've been a bit naive to suggest that Silver and Brands were going to come in and instantly just wave the magic wand and it was all going to be fixed inside one window. I think we all know that this is going to be quite a long term project. It's going to take a couple of transfer windows to really be proud of this squad and say, oh
1: yeah, like, I'm confident that this squad can you know push it to the top six, top four. Wherever we want to be, I think. But having said that, Marco is still speaking about the need to do business in the next few mm. days. So even though I think you're right and it is a long term plan, and him and Marcel will definitely subscribe to that, he's still saying, "No, look, we need to do some business here." So,
2: oh yeah, I, th- I think he would—he would be massively disappointed because he's obviously sat down and drawn up a list of targets, and he's—if you know—if only one of them players ends up coming in before the deadline, on top of the two that he's already got. You know, I think he'd be massively disappointed with that. You know, it, it wasn't long ago that he was saying we probably need six quality players coming in. Now, that looks quite quite a distance away now. Mm. We could may, maybe get four in, maybe five if we're lucky. I'm not sure six that happen. So, yeah, I think Silver would probably have every right to be disappointed. But I, th- I think in terms of the whole squad in general, I think getting getting some of these players out and getting at least some quality players in, I think it would be at least a slight improvement
1: and I'd hope it, that would then translate onto the pitch as well. Because I'm also just, just sticking with the manager and his comments um, from the weekend. Can you understand that he's he's sort of urging the club to get this business done? Because ultimately, at the end of the day, as much as Everton are backing Marco to be here for the long term, they give him a three-year deal, they've, all, they've already spoken in terms of him staying beyond that. They want stability. At the end of the day, if, if things aren't going well, he's the first guy that gets... He's on the chopping board, isn't he? He's the first person that has to take the flak. It's all on his head, isn't it? If things aren't going right, and if he hasn't had the squad that he hoped he had, you know, you can understand why he might be getting a little bit, um, a little bit nervous in the next few days.
0: Yeah, I think it was four years ago last week that we that we paid twenty eight million to sign Lukaku on a permanent deal, and I think since then Martinez, uh, Cumin, and now Silver have all had that added expectation of when you spend money, results are expected, aren't they? And obviously. You know, if if Silva doesn't get those those few other players that he, he's kind of identified and that he wants to to build the squad, then he still kind of went out and spent 20 million on the left back almost and uh, 30 million, 35 million on Richarlison. So you know he still will be judged in in terms of results. And as <clears throat> Machidi showed last year, you know he's not willing to mess around. If he sees the the crowd walking out early and he sees the feeling turning against the manager and the players, then it it seems like he'll he'll be decisive like he has been with both. Cooman and Martinez. So, as you said, I think it's a it's a strange situation to be in, not just for the fans, but for Silva as well, because you know Silva's watching the same games of football that mm. we all are, and obviously has the the benefit of seeing them every day in training. And, and obviously, you know, I'd be very surprised if he didn't think that this squad has got some serious potential in it, because it has, uh, not just from first team players, but but from some of the younger players who are coming into the squad. But at the same time, he's watched those pre season friendlies, he's seen the defeat to Ren. Uh, the defeat to Blackburn with, with a bit of a second-string team, team, and the, the defending against Valencia. So, there's no way that if the transfer window closes at five o'clock on Thursday, and as Adam said, you know maybe we've only got one in. I don't think there's any way that he won't be maybe looking at this squad and thinking, you know, we'll do well to achieve our targets this season. Mm.
1: Yeah. Just, just, uh, just stay with you, Sam, <clears throat> before I come back to Adam. You mentioned Tosin before. He Scored obviously a really good goal um, on Saturday we understand that if the manager can do something, he'd like to strengthen the forward line. Do you think Tosin is good enough to be Everton's number one? Is he, is he the striker that you're comfortable with, with Charlison and Walcott either side and Sigurdsson behind him? Can we get, you spoke about a 15-goal season striker or whatever, can Tosin not be that man?
0: He can. I think what's been affecting Everton more than anything is probably the the, the languid style of, of of play and movement that we've employed for the last few years. I think when you look at the, the teams who play the best football across the Premier League, you know, especially, you know, obviously they've got a lot more resources and a lot better players, but like Manchester City, like when Chelsea first won the league under Conte, you know, you know, a kind of fluid front three or four that's constantly moving. And I think, you know, too many times last season, not just under Allardyce, but under Koeman and the back end of the Martin, reign, you know, the three to play behind the striker are quite often static and they're not offering enough. We all know that Tosin's not going to pick the ball up on the halfway line, beat three men, and then kind of kale one to the top corner. You know, he's a, he's a he's a box striker. He's going to score goals in the penalty area. I'm confident that if we if we can get him that service, everything he's shown from the back end of last season and at times in pre-season. I mean, you know, there's not many people around in world football. Don't think you can do that sort of finish like he did against Valenti. You know, he didn't have to look up. Mm. He didn't. He, he just knew where the goal was instinctively so he can get the goals, it's just whether Silver can, can get the, the lads behind him playing I think Sigurdsson's good enough to, to find people, I think Richarlison, Walcott uh, Luckman and whoever else we 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 play out wide can create things but I'm confident Tosin can be that player, I just think the confidence and momentum's going to have a big part in it as well as we've seen with some players last season once you get going, you know even, even the likes of Ash you know he just went on that little run where he scored in goals and I think if Tosin can can get on one of them, it could work out well. But on the, at the same time, I'd be concerned if whenever an i playing well, mm. is he the kind of striker then that's going to take the game by
1: the scruff of the neck? He's not going to score I, your goal out of nothing like no. Rom would do, is he?
0: Exactly, and I think that that might. But then so. he's
1: Rom, one in a generation, though. Are we are we are we are we being sort of unrealistic and unfair to think that we will find another player that could do it, do a bit of everything like Ron did?
2: <laughs> yeah, I think it. You know, i arguably say we've been a bit spoiled when we had Romelu Lukaku for so long. play like his players like him that really don't come along that often. Like yeah, I couldn't really name another player in the Premier League like like him, not a, a, a complete striker like him. I think in terms of Towson I would like to see him be that 15 goal a season striker. And I think the signs against Valencia were that he can be that because I, I was really. And I'm not saying not the odd attack and play was perfect by any stretch but I think it was very much improved I loved I love to see the energy down the flanks of Richarlison and Walcott in particular impressed me considering that was his first pre-season performance and you saw you saw him in the build-up to Towson's goal his little shimmy maybe he got a bit lucky but the little shimmy to beat three men and play that perfect pass through you know, I just think that their link-up play did give me some sort of promise and you know when we've got Walcott playing when he's fully fit, maybe Sigurdsson's not fully fit yet let's not forget he's only been in training for just over a week or so maybe uh, Charleston still needing to settle into his new environment so you know once once we've given these players a bit more time together to play together I think it's only a matter of time before they start creating a few more chances for Tosin and like Sam said there like his finish was absolutely quality just didn't, yeah, didn't look up like yeah. facing away from the goal mm. and I know like where the press box is, we was positioned like right behind him, and to be honest, I had no doubts that he was found in the bottom corner, Like I'm that confident with him when he's inside the box, so I think, yeah, get him get him that service, and he can be that 15-goal a season man, and I think it's nice, actually, that we've got the likes of Calvert-Lewin and Nias on the bench, who, you know, a bit of a different entity for maybe if it's not working for him, mm. so... Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm quite confident. If if we don't, I'd like to see a new striker coming in. Don't get me wrong, but if we don't, I'm not going to be all that disappointed.
1: What you saw and what the sort of nineteen thousand people at Goodison on Saturday saw, though, how confident are you that the midfield can get the ball to the front four, if you like, quickly and consistently enough for Sigurdsson and Charleston and Walcott to provide that service? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not very confident
2: in that sense, to be honest. Uh, I think we, we picked up on Morgan Schneidelin quite a lot, Jordan, that game, didn't we? We were saying he just seemed a bit behind the rest of the play. You know, he was whenever the ball was coming near him, he just seemed to be diving in that little bit too early and then he'd find himself five five or so yards behind the play. And Idris Gay, I think he played well enough, but his distribution we, we all know mm. it, it isn't perfect. There were a few times when he found himself you know, in the penalty area or on the edge of the penalty area, and he just he just panics, doesn't he? Really, he, he he doesn't really know how to thread that killer pass or to just put push it over to one side and take mm. a shot. But I think I think Schneiderlin's the main worry for me because he should be the man who's collecting the ball off these two centre backs, especially the two centre backs who we've got now, who I don't think are strong enough to come out with the ball and carry it and do this job themselves. So Schneiderlin should be the one who's showing for them getting the ball off them and he should have the range of passing to either you know, play a 60-yard ball to Richarlison or Walcott or just play simple pass through the lines into Sigurdsson and he's just not showing any signs of that for me at the minute. I'm not sure whether he's maybe a bit rusty in pre-season or not and I'm not sure what he's shown Marco Silva in training but I can only be certain that Marco Silva can't be happy with what he's seeing mm. from Schneidlin at
1: the minute. The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Let's bring the discussion back to uh, transfer deadline day, um, as that was the theme of this podcast. Um, This summer, has obviously seen that the deadline day has been brought forward. It's obviously Thursday, so it's before the season starts. There's obviously a change to how it's previously, previously been when the transfer window would still be open when games were carrying on. Sam, do you think... Do you think some clubs, and you know, obviously we're here to talk about Everton, but do you think generally some clubs will be looking back at the decision to vote for an early window and now thinking maybe it was a mistake?
0: Yeah, definitely. I think it's been there. Uh, something I've been thinking this week. The, I think maybe it'll have something to do with the World Cup year, won't it? Of course, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think maybe if you know, from an Everton perspective, if you were in a different. Uh, point of view, you know, I, there's no real strong suggestion that we'd we lose any of our top players. I mean, now if it was like Real Madrid won Pickford, you might be a bit like, OK, let's just get the, the window closed. But, you know, we haven't been in a strong position financially and, and looking to add to the squad instead of uh, lose people. I think the, the the decision, especially, you know, I think if it was going to be put in, it should have been a kind of European-wide decision for everyone's window to, to shut at the same time. I think, you know, because it's quite a strange one, you know, for... Even ourselves and here now, it's going to be kind of, you know, Everton obviously can only buy people till Thursday, but we could still be reporting on outgoings mm. un- until the end of the month. Couldn't so, we? so
1: in that respect for Everton, it's actually working out in some ways because they've still got a bit more time to get rid of players to foreign leagues. But as you say, we're, we're going to go right to the wire trying to get players in.
0: Yeah, I think it's the, and to be honest, the, the, the way Everton like to do things as well wouldn't surprise me if we go to the end of August selling players mm. as well, just the way. The way things will turn out, I think, as you're saying it's a it's a bit of a bonus that you know maybe the likes of blasie sandro you know if they if they don't get a move to the Premier League, you might get some of that foreign interest afterwards, but yeah, I think it it's hard isn't it 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 does seem sometimes like you know things have gone against us a little bit in terms of you know the World Cup's ended, you've got a new manager, you've got a new director of football in a very short time frame to identify targets and and bring them in because I think even as uh, the Lucas Lucas Dean did he request to be called? Lucas yeah, Dean, Dean, is, Dean. How
2: we, is how is how he pronounced it.
0: Uh, so even with Lucas Dean, kind of as he as he pointed out, that Everton were in contact with him two months ago. I think a lot of stuff happened behind the scenes that only only people at the at the club know about, don't they? You know, and there's there's probably people out there now who, who they're talking to as well, and and it's been a similar kind of time frame. So we're into the last few days now, and I, I just think to give everyone a boost from the manager himself to the squad to the fans. You know, hopefully, walking out at Wolves on on the opening day, we have a couple of fresh faces that the that the crowd can get really excited by. Because as Adam said, you know, you like you like and so If he starts making the same mistakes as he was last season, you know, you wonder what kind of effect that has on his confidence, and then what kind of effect that has on the crowd as well.
1: Because ultimately, once once Thursday comes and goes, we can't we can't do any more about it, can we? Until January. Mm-hmm. So, I, do you think that look Marco clearly is set on? Signing players, Marcel Brands is obviously the same. The football club want to do business, but do you think maybe we have to, when we look back, when we sit, we sort of sit around the table on Friday and we reflect on on the window that was, so to speak. Do you think there has to be that 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 sort of caveat that this has almost been exceptional circumstances mm. for us to try and do business, and you're not trying to do business with a settled squad. We're trying to do sort of wholesale changes, for, you know, from top to bottom. So. Do we have to be aware and always think about that when we're looking at the success and or failure of, of how things go in the next yeah. couple of days? Yeah, I think you've got to be really objective
2: at the end of the day when you're looking at Everton's transfer window because right at the start of it, you've got instantly got so much going against the club. We massively underperformed last season. Everyone in Europe knows that we've got a lot of dead wood. We've got a new manager, a new director of football. Everyone in Europe knows that we're quite quite well off these days. And we had a World Cup to deal with, and of course there's now the caveat of this very new Premier League transfer window, which I know, I know nobody across the leagues dealt with it, but I think it's going to hit Everton a bit more because because of everything else that happened. And look, if you're a, if you're a club, like let's let's just use Barcelona as in, as an example for this Yeri Mina uh, discussion. If if you're Barcelona and you're looking at Everton now making bids for one of your centre backs, you're thinking, well. If we can drag this on until Thursday, sure, yeah. surely we can get a bit more money out of them. It's like what you said before about this being a massive bargaining chip for other clubs in Europe, because if Barcelona, it's like, if, if that move doesn't come off, then they can just go, all oh, right, okay, well, we've still got however many t- yeah. days to sell to, I think, Lyon are interested, yes, yeah, according yeah, yeah. to reports in France. So, you know, they're not really no- losing out on anything, but Everton are getting to the point where it, it might it might become a bit desperate. When when it come when it comes right down to the wire, and you hope that's not the case, but yeah, I, I think I think going back to the, the original point, I think a lot of Premier League clubs would look back on this probably as a bit of a mistake, because I know I know it's always it was always a bit annoying to see the Premier League kicking off and then your players are still linked with a move away. I think and Lescott's probably the biggest example of that <laughs> in, t- in terms of Everton, but for every, for every bit of that that you have. The Premier League season is always the biggest indicator of where you're still missing players mm. in the squad. And I'm, not, and I'm not saying that we shouldn't know where we need to strengthen, but let's say these opening couple of games against Wolves and Southampton, they could bring up an entirely new problem in a competitive world. Could today. get an injury.
1: Exactly. It could, it could bring up an
2: entirely new problem that we
1: just weren't concerned about before. And of course, the, the fact that the um, window shuts before the season starts and the idea was it stopped... All of the distraction with you know your players might be linked to other clubs. It actually doesn't fully take away the issue, though, Sam, does it? Because as we've said and you mentioned before, clubs in Europe can still be making offers for our players. So Adamola luckman is the obvious example that RB Leipzig. You would imagine is still going to be testing Everton's resolve right up until August the thirty first. How so? The, the 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 issue hasn't gone away, has it?
0: No, and I think obviously for me that would be the the ultimate one. I think if there's players out there um that Everton want want to lose, that they are happy to sell. You know, would well, too many Everton fans bat an eyelid if Sanjo left on August twenty seventh? No, probably not. But I think Marco obviously now has, has came out and, and today has He's kinda of said, you know, Lookman's an Everton player and he'll be staying at Everton. It'd be a massive, massive blow I think, to now. Lose Luckman and start the reign off that way by kind of saying, you know, we, Silver likes them, Brands like some the club likes them, we want to keep them, and, and then losing them. Uh, I think the only way, you know, that could possibly be cushioned is if Leipzig paid a mammoth fee kind of thing, which now I think you'd be looking at, you know, if Everton are considering paying almost 30 million for a player Barcelona signed for 10 million in January, you know, for Luckman you'd probably be con- considering a, a similar amount as, as, as par, really. So, yeah, I think the, the, there's no way they can even consider selling selling Luckman before uh, after the, the, the close of the English window and, and before the close of the, the European window because I think if, if Everton are to do well this year they they need quality cover in positions and I think if Luckman kinda of can get his can get his head together and kinda of think about what what he's got at Everton and force his way into that team then you know you you've got a really exciting prospect on your hands.
2: I think it just represents a really poor strategy, doesn't it? If you if you were to like, I think it's a bit different if you're trying to offload a few of the deadwood players that we obviously are probably going to be doing until August thirty mm-hmm. first. But throughout the summer, like we've had both Marcel and Marco saying, you "No, know, Adam Ola's first team player." If you're selling a first team player when it's impossible for you to get a replacement in until January, I just don't see how that's a viable strategy at all. And I think. Everton should be working under the assumption that it, like look look, if if the minds somehow change and Robbie Leipzig, like say I know they won't, but like let's say mm. they offer like forty million for Luckman or something, and your minds might change before Thursday and you know. But he of course you still to have to reinv- have a replacement, don't exactly, you? Exactly you'd have to you reinvest it the same way. Like you couldn't have like you know, when Arteta left for Arsenal, you couldn't have that kind of situation happening again. And I think if you if if it gets to the point where it's Thursday and still there's no sign of any bid from like so you've just got to say to them, Well, look, don't get in contact with us anymore because we're just not going to sell. And I think that has to be the case.
1: Just block, just block the number. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. I yeah. think the, the,
0: the thing for Everton, isn't it, is that everything for me right now just seems to be on a knife edge. And if we can get in two quality players and you start the season well, you know, you beat, you know, the, the, the opening fix list is. Nothing compared to what we had at the start of the last season. You know, if if you found yourself starting the season well, then you look at the squad again, you're like, you know, we've got England's number one, a brilliant goalkeeper, you've got Coleman, Sigurdsson on his day, one of the best tens in the Premier League. You know, if Towson was scoring goals, if Richarlison started the way he has in pre season, you've got the nucleus for a really good, young, kind of up and coming squad. But at the same time, if you don't get those players in, you start the season a little bit iffy. Suddenly, you know, you you can start picking holes, and I think a big part of what happened last season was, you know, a lot of signings didn't hit the ground running, then could never really. We come get... back to the confidence
1: issue, wouldn't exactly, it? Exactly, yeah. yeah,
0: and I think you know, confidence is going to be so key, and and I really do think that, you know, you start the season off well with that kind of fixture list, and then you can go into those bigger games, with, with that under your belt. Which was...
1: how, how much though, Sam? Do you reckon? Obviously not for the players that the that, that, that new arrivals would would replace, but if if you're part of the you know if you're guaranteed it, it, to be in the eleven, and then you see that we've brought in Yeri Mina and uh, a new centre mid before before deadline, what do you think that has an impact on the players? Do you think they go to Wolves going, yeah, bit of a spring of misstep step? We the club have done well this summer, we're going places, and if but on the flip side, you say if you're one of those players that. It starts, and we don't bring in Yerry Mina, and we don't bring in a centre mid. Do you think it has an effect on your mentality? I think it probably depends on on obviously what what
0: type of player you are as well, doesn't it? But I think that there's there's definitely a, a lot of lads in that team who you can tell who who genuinely want to succeed and, and genuinely want the club to succeed and and do well. And I think if you're in that start and eleven, or you're on the bench and you're waiting to come on, you know you want to be playing alongside the best players, don't you? You know you can't tell me. For one minute, the like a twenty-four-year-old lad like Jordan Pickford doesn't want to win things for Everton, and and you know Toast hasn't came to England to win things for him. But then, you know, people who people whose positions are under threat like Schneidlin, like Keane, surely, if new lads come in, you know, want to want to prove a point and, and kind of show why, why they should be playing, you know. And I think, you know, not just the fair as you were saying there, you know, you never know what happens over the course of a season you know, with injuries and suspensions and. Whatever else kind of happens, and I think, you know, you do need a squad. To think, if Everton could go into the season with people like Adam All and Dominic Calvert Lewin, and even maybe Kieran Dowell and people like that on the bench, you know that that that's the kind of depth we're going to need to to at least try and improve on our eighth place finish from last season, and, and and try and peg back peg ourselves back into the European places.
1: Obviously, deadline day is Thursday, as we've uh, spoken about, and we at the Echo obviously, uh, it's. Uh... It's it's professional for us and we work deadline day, isn't it? But I'm most interested, Adam. Start with you. Mm. Do you think people actually enjoy deadline day, or do you think do you think it it's almost something torturous that you know you have to get through and deal with, and it's just part of the season now, or or do you think there is there is an excitement because there's so much hype and feet and fervour about it, and you know, and it's I mean. You know, it's, it's a it's a full on day for people in our profession, but but for the fans at home and you know on the website and, and watching it on TV, do you think it's an enjoyable experience. I, th- I think it it does kind of depend in what
2: scenario your club finds itself in, doesn't it? I mean, I think everybody will look at you know that deadline day where it was was a Berbatov like move move to Man United for like big money, and you know there's there have been like exciting deadline day deals like that. I think the best. Deadline day, I can remember for Everton was probably James McCarthy, Gareth Barry, and, Rob- and Romelu Lukaku mm-hmm. all coming in, and I remember like sitting sitting there at home as a fan and like really enjoying that, like especially especially the Lukaku one that seemed to seemed to come out of nowhere. And I think if it, if it comes down to it, you, you know, you'd expect Everton to be at least pursuing some sort of deals on deadline day. So I think Everton fans will probably be on the whole quite excited about it, but. You, I think you will find some fans who just find it massively tedious. I think, I think, hype was the word that you mentioned. Then, like, there's so many deadline days that I can remember over the past couple of years that just haven't lived up to that hype at all. Have they? And it's just, just a lot of conjecture going around, and you know, you've just got to, you've just got to wade your way through a lot of, a lot of crap. I would mm. say through, throughout, throughout the day, and you've, you've just got to know. You've just got to know what you, what your club need. Yeah, and I think you know, as an Everton fan, I'd be quite excited going into this deadline day. But yeah, you know, I don't know. I don't know how to finish me, sentence. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> as a, as, a,
0: as a fan, I think you're quite excited. As as an Everton reporter, maybe not as excited to be talking about all the deals all day.
1: Yeah, well, but, it comes with the job, doesn't it? Do you do you you know, Sam? Your fre- friends and family, your Evertonians, are, are they are they talking? Excitedly about deadline day, or or is it almost that God it could go wrong, but equally it could go so right? I don't want to look type of thing.
0: My mum and dad just wear a yellow tie all <laughs> deadline day <laughs> week. That's how excited. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I think as as Adam said, I think the last few haven't lived up to expectation, but the one I always remember was kind of like walking downstairs, and it was almost like sort of. It wasn't like a sporting thing, but it was like my dad was just going to be like. Lukaku's taxi was going to West Brom but it's turned round and it's it's heading to Goodison and it was like you were you know Sky were kind of like at someone on the motorway and it was all like a bit like weird and, and obviously Lukaku did end up joining Everton but I think you know there's, there's obviously something to kind of I think you know I think if all three of us were were, were gambling men I'd probably say people will arrive on deadline day and it's mm. it's the way it could be going so you no know, I am generally looking forward to it and I think that it, it it does depend on you know, if we were sitting here now and maybe Chelsea's interest in Pickford was a little bit more serious or something like that, you know, you would start biting your nails, but I think it's it's sudden you know, it's it's almost I think ending before the season almost takes a little bit away from it just in that you know, that's it then it's done until January, it's over. You know, and I think you've just kinda gotta you've gotta enjoy it. I think, you know, there's there's a lot of people who get as as we see on on online and, and even when you, you meet people in the street and you talk, there's a lot of people who get quite uh, kind of overcome by by transfer just rumours, you know, and, and and whispers. And you know, there's people you want to sign and there's people you want to you want to see stay. So I think it's just about trusting in in, in Marco and, and Marcel, isn't it? I think a lot of Everton, well, all Evertonians from what I've seen, have really invested in, in the two of them. I think I quite respected what they did this summer early on when they gave everyone a chance. They've gave Sandro a lot of minutes. I think they had a good look at people like Besic. A lot of young lads have, have played, haven't they? Uh, and, and although maybe you could say now, well, they should have acted quicker. They should have done this. I, I'll I'll always kind of respect that they gave that initial kind of squad that chance to to prove themselves. And I'd like it to to, to work out. I'd like us to get two or three, and I'd like us to have a nice, exciting deadline day and really come up with, you know, a surprising name, a quality name, who everyone could really could really get behind and then have a really good start to the season because I think uh for what Evertonians as a as a fan base have witnessed for the last couple of years has not for the for the lot for the large part maybe since Martin is second season maybe give and take a few moments and a few good runs hasn't been good enough and I think hopefully Marcel and Marco can be the people to, to bring it back.
1: Indeed, so the spotlight is very much uh, on Marcel and Marco over the next few days, uh, and you can follow every step of the final few days of the transfer window with us at the Liverpool Echo. Uh, we'll be sat back around the Royal Blue Podcast table at the end of the week, reflecting on what hopefully has been a hugely successful final few days. And of course, it sometimes gets forgotten, we'll be previewing the opening game of the Premier League season when the Blues go to Molyneux to face Wolves. So thank you very much for listening to the latest edition of the Royal Blue Podcast in association with Sport Pacer.